Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface. We're going to talk about everything from life to love and pretty much everything in between. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it. Now, not only are we going to be real, we're going to have some fun too, because Lord knows I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, welcome. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes. And if you're an old friend, welcome back. And would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be so grateful. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, go on and slide into my DMs on Instagram. I love hearing from you. It's at The Refined Woman. Now let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Newsstand Studio here at Rock Center in Manhattan. They are hosting my podcast. I've never said thank you to Joe. Joe, thank you for being in the studio with me and editing all of my stuff. You're very welcome. So, all right, on to the podcast. I'm feeling a little punchy today, guys. So, here we go. I have been looking forward to interviewing this guy ever since I fell in love with his content. Thank you to the TikTok gods and the For You page on my TikTok app, Sean Galanos. Sean, am I saying your last name right, first of all? (laughs) (laughs) It's Galanos. Galanos. That's why on Instagram, when I was sharing your stuff, I was calling you Sean G, like you were... um, and someone on The Bachelor because I didn't want to say your last name wrong. Well, so, you did. You said it wrong, it. and then you said Shanji, and then I also made a story um, excusing your oh. behavior because a few days ago I referred to your podcast as the Refined Woman Podcast, and oh. that's not what it is. So I think we're good to go. Okay, so we're, we both said the wrong things. We're good. Um, okay, Sean, you are a love coach. And you teach people how to communicate, and you have all these incredible intimacy tools online. I Here's why I love your stuff is, first of all, you are kind of like a no BS type of guy. At least that is my perception of you online. And you take these questions that I get all the time from women, like, why do guys ghost? Or does it mean something if he has stopped texting me? And you answer... First of all, I just laugh. I'm just laughing a lot of times when I'm hearing you say it because you're so matter of fact. You kind of like take the emotion out of it and because you hold women, you hold men in such high regard that, I don't know, it just seems like your advice comes so easy to you. Is it as easy to give it as it sounds? (laughs) Uh, You want to be fully honest with you? Of course. It's easy to give. I also get really frustrated. Yeah. Because some of the stuff is really basic. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to, I, I, my power is not screaming through the phone. Mm. It's taking a step back, taking a breath and just answering the question, which with as little sarcasm as possible and as mm. much compassion as possible, because people are struggling. Yeah. People are struggling with stuff that is complex, yeah. right? Relationships, dating, love, intimacy, emotions, super complex. Right. And so I get it. I get that people are struggling with this stuff. Yeah. And I, and to acknowledge for myself, and I don't know if you feel this way as well, but it's, I feel like it's 
always easier to give advice to someone and see how black and white is when you're outside of the situation. And, you know, I've been doing relationship advice and coaching for years now, and it is a different thing when you're in it. I mean, my I have a girlfriend and I, we're both relationship coaches, Kate Warman. And we'll, we're always voice memoing each other like, okay, I need you to coach me right now because I know the answer, but now that I'm in it, it's harder. Do you find that for yourself? I find that the the work that I've done personally in my life has a positive impact on mm-hmm. the work that I, that I do professionally as a love coach. Mm-hmm. But also I, I think I struggle less. Mm. I struggle less because what I've been working on for a long time, and I guess I'll just give people yes. <laughs> maybe like a, an advanced tool here that will help you for the rest of your life <laughs> uh, is letting go mm-hmm. and accepting right? Accepting the current situation as being exactly the way it is and letting go of the outcome or the results. Mm -hmm. And this is work that is incredibly hard to do and will pay dividends for the rest of your life in all areas. Mm -hmm. And so I've done a lot of that work. And so that helps. And I still get really sad. Yeah. Right. Still get really, really sad. And I'm just constantly in this practice of letting go and taking back control and letting go and taking back control. So it does get easier um, but I, I don't, I don't have, I mean, I have people walk me through situations. Yeah. I do. And I need my, co- my collective, mm-hmm. my community of people around me. Like I have trusted friends that I go to for help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because I want to share how I'm feeling generally, not because I want to know what to do. Yeah, that's fair and totally understandable. And gosh, I just, right before we started recording this podcast, I recorded the final podcast of 2020. And my like big takeaway of what I've just been walking through this year is trust and surrender. So mm. just, I just resonate with what you just shared in that. And I, okay, another kind of another side question before we get into today's episode is, do you <laughs> ever feel pressure as a love coach uh, as far as your own relationship status? Or I can ask it this way. Do you, ever, do you ever feel insecure? I don't know if you're dating anyone right now, if you are with someone or not, but do you ever get insecure if if you are in a place of singleness <laughs> as you are a love coach? Yeah, I wanted to write a book called like The Single Love Coach. Or <laughs> <laughs> because for a long time I was single and, I, yeah. I, and I've been in a relationship for several years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there is some shame, definitely. Uh, but then I, I I just have this idea of like the out of shape, kind of over the hill basketball coach <laughs> that maybe can't shoot a three anymore, but can definitely get the team to a championship. <laughs> right? That's so good. That's so so good. you just don't have to be the 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 ideal of the thing that you're coaching mm. people to be. You don't have to be that because we're we're not perfect mm. at all, and we'll never be perfect. We all have our wounds and stories and experiences and traumas that make us complex. And and so to answer your question, yeah, I did have some shame, and that's also like the the work that I do, you yeah. know, in letting go, just mm-hmm. letting go of that story, the story that like I need to have a perfect relationship to be effective at my work. Mm. And that's not, it's not true. Yeah. What do you think you need to have in order to be effective? At love coaching or relationship coaching? Yeah, or just both. You know, if it's, if it's not, I don't need to be in whatever idea of relationship in order to earn or earn the permission to have authority as a love coach. Like, what do you think 
you do need to be committed to? If it's if it's not that, is there anything? Yeah, your own healing process. Mm-hmm. And often in conjunction with seeing a therapist mm-hmm. or a trained mental health professional on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. I, I really firmly believe that if you are in the helping profession, you need your own helper. Yeah, yeah. And that's not the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's quite detrimental to the client mm-hmm. and also to your own development. Yeah, yeah. So that just, it makes me think of the whole flight attendant analogy of put your air mask on before putting on someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> that dang air, that dang, that dang oxygen mask. <laughs> dang it. It just comes up everywhere. Right? Oh, man. I, I wish I would have come up with that, but I definitely didn't. Um, so we're going to go through. I'm so excited about our, our conversation. We're just going to like fly through as many questions as we can. We both put on Instagram for people to send us their dating questions. I want to go through as many as we can. But before I do that, obviously, we know you're a love coach. Can you just tell us a little about who you are and how you got here, how you became to be a love coach, why it matters to you. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I'm a 38-year-old white man. I live in Montreal. Um, I'm in a committed living relationship. And forever, as far as I can remember, I've had some sort of passion around like love, dating, sex, relationships, intimacy. And I've also like a really feeling emotional dude. Even Mm. as a kid, I was always often out of control, didn't know how to deal with my emotions, um, wasn't raised in an environment where uh, I got a lot of cues for my caretakers on how to Mm. do that. And so I I always struggled. I struggled with with relationships. I struggled with emotions. I struggled with uh, being present and letting go. I struggled with drugs and alcohol for 10 years or Mm. maybe more, a little bit more than 10 years. And eventually got sober in my mid-20s. And that kind of changed the trajectory of my life wow. um, in a significant way. Really, really significant way. Mm. Uh, started going to therapy. Uh, started believing more in a higher power, right? Um, me not being the most important thing in the world. Yeah. Um, some sort of guiding force. Um, so developed a spiritual practice. And then started driving a taxi, weirdly enough, in San Francisco. Oh, interesting. Yeah, in like 2014. And I had gotten let go from a job and I just started driving a cab and a friend said, oh, you should record your conversations with the passengers. And so I did, but I put cameras and lights and microphones in the back (gasps) and I interviewed people on sexuality and intimacy and relationships and dating and love. Mm -hmm. And I called it The Love Drive which is the origin story of like oh where this name and this business came from. And so that was in 2014. And uh, then it kind of morphed into writing blogs and about the same subject and uh, eventually, eventually doing some training in rape crisis counseling, wow. in uh, personal and professional coaching, in sex education. Uh, I already had a background in communication and then started the podcast and then started coaching people and started doing courses. And here we are talking today. That's, that's so incredible. I love, I love hearing that. And because nothing, well, uh, I don't want to say nothing about anybody's life, but I would say definitely for my life, nothing about my career trajectory or anything really has been linear or traditional. And I think you see a person online and you see, oh, wow, here's where Sean is at today. And you just never know what someone's story is. You never know like 
oh, wow, like you have this sobriety journey and you started driving a cab, like all the little things that had to happen to get you to where you are today. And that's so, I have about a thousand follow-up questions about the taxi thing. Can I just ask one or two? (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Before this becomes like a taxi cab uh, TED Talk. So did you have to get releases from people or did you have to tell your bosses, hey, I am have cameras in my taxi cab? Like, so, how did that work? Yeah, I got releases from the passengers, but I never told the cab company. But okay. on the release, I, I you know, had them release liability of the cab, cab company. Wow. And it was more like a gorilla thing. I'd go and pick up the cab at 5 p.m. I'd drive it home, which was like really close to the cab yard in San Francisco. I had a plastic bin with all the the goodies and I'd clip everything on and everything was like, you could clip it on and off really quickly. Wow. And then I'd drive for 12 hours and then I'd drop, drop the cab off. And, and so I did that for like six months, never Gosh. told the cab company. And, uh, we like have a couple videos on YouTube. <gasps> we being me, I don't know why I said we, <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, grayed out or like blurred out the cab company's name. So Wow. Anyways, I'll link you. I'll, I'll link yes, those videos do. to you that you can you can share them in the show notes. Yes. Here we go. Number one, why do men ghost? Especially if the man asked for my number and texted me. Well, I just shared uh, somebody, and I, I wish I could credit them, but I can't because I don't remember their name. Someone just wrote a post on Instagram, and I'll, I'll share it with you so you can put it in the show notes of a variety of different reasons why people mm-hmm. ghost. And so, why do people ghost? One, because they don't care. Mm. Uh, okay, I'm not going to say the numbers. I'm just going to say the. <laughs> yeah, they don't same. care. Here, here's a here's a variety of reason of why people ghost. They don't care. They uh, don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation with you. Mm. Uh, that's all they know how to do. Um, they don't want to get ghosted, so they're going to ghost you first. Mm. Um, they actually want to harm you. Like they they want you to be sad, so they want to like retaliate for whatever reason. Um, they don't want to hurt your feelings. They feel guilty. I think that's enough. Yeah, yeah, so Th- good. Th- those are a variety of reasons why people ghost. Yeah, and uh, uh, women will ghost because they uh, fear retaliation, mm. right? Because uh, I'm I like the video that has the most views on TikTok has almost four million views on my account. Wow. Is me telling people how uh, how how not to ghost. <laughs> Basically, here's the message that you send yeah. instead of ghosting, which is, hey, I had a nice time with you. Unfortunately, the connection that you and I have is not the connection I'm looking for. Take care. That's the that's the whole thing. Yeah. And the reason that video did so well is that because it was very di- divisive. Mm. A lot of people agreed. A lot of people disagreed. Women, a lot of women said, if I sent you, I don't think you understand what happens when you send that to straight men. They flip out. They try to convince you otherwise. Uh, they can get scary. They can like drive by your house. They can get uh, indignant and ask for reasons why. You know, you asked me out. How come? How you know? How come you don't want to go on a second date with me? Mm. So there's that added element of like people just don't want to deal with the potential sort of verbal mm. abuse and maybe even physical abuse that yeah. might come from uh, rejecting somebody with a very fragile uh, ego. Yeah. Okay. I would say that those experiences though, I don't, I'm not here to diminish anyone's experience. It seems though that that would be more, even just my own experiences of relationships, I feel like that would be more on the like fringes. 
How old are you? 35. Yeah, I think we're out of... I, I don't think that you and I have a really good pulse on what's going on. And, and no offense. You're telling me I'm uh, old, Sean? Jeez. Yeah, well, you're, you know, I'm 38. We're like in yeah, the same. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have a really good idea of what it's like to date in, in your like early to mid 20s. That's okay. You're right. I can, I can hear that. I can hear that. I receive that. With receive people it. that just like have even, you know, we, you, you and I grew up uh, not dating online. Yeah, that's true. And we we grew up like ha- having to in our teens and early twenties, like talking to people and mm-hmm. asking them out, and mm-hmm. you know, mustering up all the courage, and uh, you know, oh, receiving a no, and oh my god, because there was no other way. I mean, mm-hmm. th- we did have aim. You know, you and I had like you know, oh, aim and, yeah. and hey, you know, <laughs> chat rooms <laughs> and all that stuff. So it's different now. I yeah. think it's much. The landscape has changed, and I also agree that that uh, maybe it's misrepresented on TikTok as yeah. being a bigger problem or more as being more representative than it actually is. Yeah. And it's really hard to know how how problematic is this. Yeah. Well, I mean more so the what women are saying as far as if I tell him he's going to stalk me or be violent with me. Um, and maybe I am totally out of touch there, but I I haven't heard that as much. I more so find women not like finding not wanting to do it because they don't want to feel awkward or don't want to deal with rejection or um yeah but I or they don't care or they They're don't like care. whatever I'm yeah. not interested yeah for sure I was sick of hearing mostly male pastors teach about waiting until marriage to have sex and doing it God's way when most of them got married in their early 20s and had no idea what it was like to actually abstain from sex for decades. I was even more sick of many male pastors telling me to live a life of purity when behind closed doors, they themselves weren't. It's not that what they were saying wasn't necessarily true. It's just that they had no idea what it was really like to date and be single in today's culture. And to be frank, I wanted to hear from someone who was actually single in her 30s or beyond walking the walk. Y'all, this is an excerpt from chapter one of my book, Sexless in the City. And this is exactly why I wrote this book, because I wanted to share the message that I wish I had in my 20s. I wanted to speak my experience of what it was like growing up in Christian culture and being taught to wait until marriage to have sex and then getting to my 30s and hearing crickets when it came to my dating life. So if you want to pre-order my book, you can do that right now, today, on Amazon. You can go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash cat, that's K-A-T dash sexless. Again, that's bit.ly slash cat dot sexless, and you can pre-order my book. It's out spring 2021, and I cannot wait to walk with you and equip you in your season of singleness. Finances and Relationships. There's not really a question. It just says different <laughs> standards of spending habits. Yeah. I mean, I guess that question is like, does money matter in relationships? Yeah. And I think it does. I yeah. think uh, I, I, I think that the <laughs> it, it matters a lot in the long mm-hmm. run, not very much in the short run. Yeah. Which is why it kind of pays to have like a long, <laughs> long view of the thing. Yeah. Uh, I think values around money, how we spend money is important. Mm-hmm. Um, how we look at debt what's important to spend money on and what isn't, right? Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, me and my girlfriend both, when it comes to food, that's like, there's just no amount where we won't. Like, we're just not thrifty when it comes to food, mm-hmm. right? So either restaurants or 
you know, organic produce that's that's expensive and sometimes prohibitive, prohibitively expensive. We we feel the same way about food. So I think it's important to have similar values around money, mm. how you spend it, what you spend it on. And also to be able to maybe talk about like what is what would it look like for us to have a budget together, mm. right? Or how do we deal with disparity in income? Like how do we make it more um, equitable? Yeah, Equi- equitable, equitable, equitable. Equitable. français c'est équitable, so I got a little confused. Oh, hello! There it is. I was wondering if you're going to bring the French in there. Okay, so question though, I, I agree with you. I think uh, we have values around our money. It's good to get on the same page of that, but. I mean, on the first date, should I ask, you know, so are you in debt? <laughs> when do you, when do you start bringing money up? That's a really good question. I don't think it comes up that soon. Yeah. I think it'd be, I think, I mean, if you can pull it off, cool, go for mm-hmm. it. And and if that's really, really, really important to you, also go for it. But just know that if you have those conversations that early on, that could be a turnoff for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a, it could be a red flag for some people. Like, oh, is she, is she a money? Is she, what is it? A gold digger? Yeah. Does she only care about money? And mm-hmm. um, I also think there's a way to maybe bring it up tactfully, but probably not on the first date. I mean, yeah. the first date is really, uh, gosh, I really think it's like coffee. Yeah. Right? Like, re- I mean, a drink, if you drink, if, I mean, like an hour max really mm-hmm. is sort of like, that's been my default date for yeah. years. Yeah. The, sure. the first date is really for me to figure out like, do I, do I like this person enough to like start to get to know them or really to see them again? Mm-hmm. Right? The first date is like, do you want a, do you want a second date? Yeah. It's literally the, the only purpose. Right. I, I love how Aziz Ansari, he puts it in his book, Modern Romance. The first date isn't even a date. We should We should even just view it as, like or online dating is an online introductory service that first time hanging out is am i interested in even going on a date with you yeah. it's just very low pressure very low yeah. pressure so if it's obviously not the first date when do you think would be a good time to start talking about finances or where you're at i don't really like to other than the 6 month no contact rule for breaks up breakups mm. i don't like putting a timeline on anything mm. because people then look at like well you know Sean said 2 weeks ah uh, got it and sometimes 2 weeks is inappropriate and mm-hmm. sometimes it's like way too long and also it doesn't really take into consideration the fact that it's two humans coming together with mm. different life experiences so i think you you can start talking about money when it comes up like naturally, mm-hmm. um, or when you start feeling uncomfortable about something, like uh, let's say it's always one person who pays, and you start to feel uncomfortable about it, then you can you say like, "Hey, I'd love to have a conversation about you know you always paying for dinner, or me always paying for dinner, and how we can make that a little bit more fair." And then maybe that can lead or transition into a conversation about money uh, that's a little bit more organic. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a Which, really yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> If you're hearing this, I know that's frustrating yeah. for you to hear because I'm not actually giving you the answer to the question. And a lot of these questions are like, well, it depends. Right. Well, and that's so much of life. And I think women, <laughs> I all I can speak is to the female experience as I identify as a woman, is I think so many women we want a formula. Just give us a system. Give us the 10 hacks. And often life is 
a lot more nuanced and layered than that. So I think you said, I think that's super powerful. You know, when does it feel good for you to talk about it? I, I'll say I had a friend the week of her wedding, her fiance told her, by the way, I'm in a ton of debt and my parents have been paying for my existence and they're going to cut me off when we get married. And she was like, oh my gosh. And obviously you definitely need to be having that conversation <laughs> way before the week Her of bad. your wedding. <laughs> Oops. Uh-oh. Both of their bads, actually. Right. So somewhere between the first date and the week of your wedding. Talk about That's, wedding. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in <laughs> somewhere there. Somewhere between there. All right. How do you know if it's the right person just the wrong time? Yeah, I saw that question. Um, I I think that, okay, so a lot of these questions come from the head, Mm -hmm. right? People want to know, am I making the right choice? Mm. Or is there better? Mm. (laughs) We want to, like you said, you want a list of the top 10, you want to optimize, and we we apply that to relationships as well. And I think that's kind of, it's detrimental to have that kind of outlook on people, Right. Mm, I don't think it matters whether it's the right person or the wrong time, or is it the right time, wrong person? Like we're getting into like semantics. We're sort of getting like too much into the head. Like, is this a good fit Mm. for me right now? Is this a good fit for me right now? Mm. Like, can we just boil it down to like, does this work? Right. If it's a great person, but they're moving to the Philippines and you don't like the Philippines and you're not invited to go to the Philippines. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter whether it's the right person in the wrong time. It's just not a good fit. Yeah. It's not in line, right? Like people in the hippie communities like to talk like, is this in alignment with, you know, your heart? And mm-hmm. I use that little voice because I, I am very much a bit of a hippie <laughs> and I can play in a, a lot of different communities, but I, I like the message. Is this in, in alignment? Mm-hmm. With your desires, Mm -hmm. your goals, your needs, your dreams, your heart. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the answer is no, it's not in alignment, even though the person in front of you is a god Mm -hmm. or a goddess. Mm -hmm. And you'd give your right arm to make it work. And it it, it doesn't matter what you do, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. And I think I hear maybe another question underneath that question. I think there's probably a lot of questions underneath that question. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, one that I hear is a woman who maybe, maybe she was dating someone, she's been rejected, but still has hope that they could get back together. So is this the right person? Mm. Do I need to wait for them so that it would be the right time? Waiting for somebody, okay, well, yeah, my God. I mean, waiting for someone, if someone says no, just take it as a no, believe them, and let the universe sort it out on the back end. Yeah. Right? Like, when you start thinking about that kind of stuff, it's almost like you're playing God, Mm. right? Oh, it's this person, but they said no, but I'm going to wait because they're going to either realize how great I am, not going to happen, or (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what the other or is. It's it's, Or or like it'll work magically. I just, I want people to accept (laughs) the fact that there are a lot of people that are not a good fit for you. Yeah no matter how much you like them, Mm -hmm. if they don't like you back, it's sad. Yeah. And it sucks. And 
they will not save you from the existential loneliness of being a human. Mm. Mm, that's so and good. That, it sucks. Yeah, it does. It sucks. And here we are and anyways. Are. Yeah. All right. Next question. Can I build a relationship with someone I used to cheat with? You can do anything you want in life. So, yes. <laughs> just, so let me just give you like carte blanche to do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Is it the right thing for you to do? That that it, it always comes down to like, is this good for me? Mm. Is it good for me to build a relationship with the person that I cheated with? Mm. Right. But, so they're like the person they were having the affair with. Right. Mm-hmm. That now they're going to have a relationship and hoping that none, that neither of them will start cheating again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's an anecdote to every story, right? Common wisdom will say, oh, you, that's, you know, it's kind of playing with fire. You already kind of know what kind of person they are, but then you're mm-hmm. also that kind of person too. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then there, the, the anecdote is the like, oh, they finally found each other. Like they were meant to be together. They were in the wrong relationships before and they found each other. So they cheated and now they're together and they can build this perfect union. And like that, that seems like a pipe dream to me. It seems a bit like a fantasy. I'm not saying that it, it's never happened before. It right. probably has. Mm-hmm. If you want to build a relationship with, with a person that you were cheating with... Uh, you might want to go to therapy with this person Mm. and talk about how are you going to do this relationship different than the ones that both of you were doing before Mm -hmm. where you were were cheating, Mm -hmm. which causes a lot of chaos, harm, and pain in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of... I feel like what I hear under a lot of these questions is like people wanting a script. And Mm. what I love that you're throwing back at people is, well, you get to do the work. (laughs) That's not my job. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sean, yeah. You're saying, here's some questions to think about and ask yourself. Like there's, there's, we can't, for a lot of these, we just can't give a script. Um, but so. <laughs> I mean, I can give some communication scripts. Yeah. You, we, you probably have some questions there, but some of these questions are huge. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. And like, it's, I understand mm. people really want answers. Mm-hmm. And also like, there's some things that you shouldn't be asking people on Instagram mm. for the answer to like, should I break up with my husband? We have three kids together, but I'm just like not excited about him anymore. Mm. You literally want me to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Like to give you like, yeah, for sure. Go for it. Just do it. <laughs> I don't know your situation at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what couples counseling is mm-hmm. for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just the idea of... Like there's, yeah, we're going through a lot of a lot of these questions, but a lot of life is, am I willing to look at myself? Am I willing to, instead of taking a sound bite, am I willing to reflect on my own experience and ask myself what's coming up for myself? What is it that I really want? If if it was a whether it should I be with this person I cheated with or why do guys ghost? Like I think for me, a mentor told me a long time ago, like be willing to dig below the surface. A lot of our questions are the lily pad, like the frog that lands on the lily pad on the on the surface. Be willing to follow that lily pad and get curious all the way to the bottom of the pond. It might be a little dark and murky and cold and hard to see down there, but to have that courage to look at your story and look it, at what's it, coming up. It is dark and cold and murky down there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Maybe like on your deathbed, if you've been doing wor- the work, you know, the yeah. work, 
uh, for your whole life, it's it's a lot clearer. But yeah. Yeah. Um, where we're at, it's going to be murky. Yeah. So this is a question. I guess we both can an- answer it honestly. It says, be honest. Have you ever decided not to date a girl? Well, let's just say, have you ever decided not to date someone because of their ethni- ethnicity? Um, I haven't had uh, where I've met a person and I was like, yeah, I'd love to go on this on a date with this person, but you know, only if she wasn't Indian. Mm. Like I've never had that. Yeah, yeah. I have this year noticed about myself that there have been times when I've been online swiping right or swiping mm. left and... I have kind of hidden behind this phrase of, well, I know what my physical type is. Yeah. And my physical type is tall, dark, and handsome. And so I would say, um, see a man and be like, oh, if they fit into this mold, even if I see stuff on their profile that I'm not saying is a yellow flag or red flag or anything, but maybe there's just not a lot there. I would be like, oh, I am... You know, I'll give them a chance. I'll get to know them versus if a person like wasn't my type physically, then I would be less likely to give them a chance and or less likely to swipe right. Like if they were not my type physically, then they had to have way more on their profile that I would be curious about. And I really had to pause and challenge and ask myself of why am I doing that? Like, what is that about for me? Yeah. Um, so you get get any answers? I I got a couple and one, one answer was, Oh gosh, this is really hard to say. (laughs) I'll, 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 I'll catch it. Okay, great. Here we go. So I, I'm also just trying to process how much of my family's story to share right now in this moment. Oh yeah. So I, I can also hold that yeah, because I so, don't share much of my yeah. family's history. All what I will say is I feel like they're like I grew up in a family where at times by relatives, grandparents, I was told not to bring a person of color home. And that's not what my parents say. (laughs) That's not what my siblings believe. It's definitely not what I believe. But as I unpacked that, that narrative for myself of why am I less willing to swipe on a person of color sometimes? Yeah. And I realized I feel scared of bringing someone into my home and exposing them to whether it's microaggression or like, I just honestly, my mind would go to the holidays and be like, oh, let me bring this person home and just death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. And I still haven't totally figured out what to do with that fully, but I realized, oh, I am, I don't know if it was like, I want to self, I'm like trying to protect this person from who has probably already experienced so much pain. And then I don't want, my family to add more pain to that. Yeah. Or just like throwing a grenade in your Christmas vacation, (laughs) you know, your holiday, holiday celebration or something because of the impact that could have on the whole family that Mm -hmm. probably has some piece to it as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that's tricky stuff. Yeah, it's a it, it's hard, but it, those are I feel like my friends and I have been talking about stuff like that. Of oh wow, like I've I was I was like wow, I can't believe I've noticed this thing about myself now. But I feel like for me, well, that's the first step that I get to choose some growth. Is first yeah. you have to notice, not judge. Okay, wow, I've been doing this thing subconsciously. Let me be curious about that. I have dated, I've, I've more so dated black men and, than any other ethnicity, but just to be curious about, about my subconscious biases and why they're there. Wait, you've dated more black, you've dated black men more than any other? Than any ethnicity? other um, ethnicity outside of white men. Okay, got yeah, it, got it. Sorry, I, got it. I, I, thank I was you like, for damn girl, that. you're doing fine. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for catching that. And I, <laughs> thank you for catching that. Um, so yeah, that is how I answer that question. Cool, yeah, good yeah. job. I mean, yeah. I, I, I commend you for that honest answer. Mm, thank you. All right, next question. How to make the first move without being too forward or intimidating as a woman? Yeah, I am just, I... I <laughs> Part of me just wants to like shake people. Yes. Yes. You know, just like, well, okay, I was sorry. I want to shake women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, dude, just ask people out. Yes. Just ask people out. Yes. Ask dudes out. If you're a woman and you like it and you like men and you want to ask one out, just do it. Yeah. Please just stop sitting in the sidelines <laughs> hoping that, uh, that he notices you mm-hmm. and just do it. Okay, people say men are hunters. <laughs> men are hunters and women are the prey or something. And men, it's like hunters kill their prey. Okay. <laughs> they don't like take it home and make sweet love to it. They, they kill it. So like, that's bad. That's not a good analogy. Okay. Don't, <laughs> we are evolving. We yes. are evolving. And people are like, oh, millions of years. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Just if you want something, the best way to get it is to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't like playing games because I don't know the rules. Yes. And nobody knows the rules. Mm-hmm. People think they know the rules. They, they'll sell you the rules. There's a book called The Rules. Uh, my mom made me read that in the fifth grade, by the way. <laughs> well, it probably has. There's probably a lot of advice there. You never ask a man out. Yes. Right. The man is supposed to ask the woman out. And it's like, okay, it's 2020, guys, guys, gals, um, people. <laughs> just ask, ask him out. If he doesn't yes. want to go out with you, he's going to say no. If he does, he's going to say yes. There are a lot of men out there that are super shy. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're li- like, they have anxiety. They're anxious people. They, they, they live with anxiety. It's hard for them to ask people out. Okay. So you'd be doing them a service. Mm-hmm. There are dudes out there that aren't interested in you. So if you ask them out, they'll say no. And then you'll know. Yes. You will, you will like know that they're not interested. So you can stop fantasizing that they'll ask you out because it's a no for them. Mm-hmm. So, so perfectly. Now you have, now you have more room in your life for something else to come in because you're not in stand on standby hoping that McDreamy is going to ask you out because mm-hmm. yeah. you asked him out and he said no. Yes. Third third of all, most importantly, I don't know if most importantly, but <laughs> it's important. Post me too. Mm. There are a lot of dudes that are terrified of getting it wrong, of being labeled a predator mm. just because they asked you out. 
it, it, they've they've like fallen. You know, they they went they went back they went back the other way, mm. right? Instead of being forward and direct and asking people out, now they're terrified. And so we kind of have to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. So those are three excellent reasons why you want to start asking dudes out and not just sit around, you know, on the sidelines. And people will say, well, you know, uh, if he liked me, he would ask me out. Maybe. But Sometimes. I would rather know. Sometimes. Yeah. I'd rather know. Right. Yes. I think uh, communication is so key here. And I love, I love what you said. You'll know either way. That's the thing. I, I, I allowed myself for this one guy in particular in my 20s to be in this purgatory for years. I think six years because I just, I didn't know and I just kept waiting and I thought, oh, if I'm a Christian, a guy has to pursue me. And he just wasn't interested. And when I finally asked him six years in the relationship, he clear as day was like, oh, no, I'm not interested. And I thought, yeah. what the hell? If I just would have asked him that six years ago, I would have saved myself a lot of time and heartache. Yeah. It's a catalyst. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like you're, it's, you're going to get an answer. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. People don't ask because they don't want, there's an answer they don't want. Yeah. So it's, it's easier somehow in some people's brain that to not ask and not get the no than just ask and get the no. I would much rather get the no. Yeah. Let's just get this thing out of the way, yeah. you know? Also, I want to, you know, note that relationships take time. Mm-hmm. And so what might be a no for someone now might be a yes later. People can become friends and then develop feelings. And so there's just no one way to get any of this right. Yeah, That's, that's so the good. caveat for yeah. all of my advice, by the way. We're told that we should pray for our future husbands. It makes sense, right? Dating, finding the right person, those aren't things we want to attempt without God in our corner. The problem is nobody ever teaches us how to pray for our future. If you're anything like me, you've found yourself wondering, what am I supposed to be praying for exactly? Is there a right way to pray for my future marriage? And if so, what is that way? Is there anything else I should specifically be praying for in this season? Are there things I can be praying about now that will help me be ready for marriage when the time comes? If any of these questions are you, I have an incredible resource. It is called the Every Single Moment Prayer Journal by my friend Stephanie May Wilson. The Every Single Moment Journal is a hundred powerful prayers to help you savor the present and prepare for the future. It's filled with easy-to-follow prayer prompts, and this beautiful 100-day guided journal will help you cover your future and your marriage in prayer. But that's just the beginning. Over the course of 100 days, these prayer prompts will help you heal from your past, grow in the present, and find joy, peace, and purpose in your life right now today. So to grab your copy of Every Single Moment, go to bit.ly slash cat, that's K-A-T, dash single moment. Again, that's bit.ly slash cat dash single moment. Use cat, that's K-A-T, at checkout for 15% off your order of every single moment. Welcome to Codependence, the weekly podcast that gives you direct access to me, Maya Allen, and my sis, Sierra Miller. Every week, we give you insider access into our sisterhood and lives. Part self-help and part comedic relief, Codependence is all about letting your guard down. Expect a lot of laughs and maybe some tears as we navigate this crazy world together. 
Join us every Wednesday for this funny, tea-spilling, shade-throwing podcast. How do you date in 2020 when you really hate internet dating? Oh, geez, I guess, I don't know. I wonder, was there a time when there wasn't internet dating? And what did those people do? <laughs> it's it's like people, people are like, oh, well, it's either online dating or nothing. Mm. Well, you know, let's look back. <laughs> what did people do? Or what do people do that... Uh, that don't go online, right? They they have their friends hook them up or set them up or introduce them. Okay, and then we're going to talk about COVID because I know that a lot of this uh, like barely applies. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to live in a pandemic forever. So yeah. let's make this episode evergreen. <laughs> um, but let's also tell people that we're recording this in November 2020 yeah. and we're in the middle of a global pandemic and then right. the, the cases are rising. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're home a lot. I get it. Um, your friends set you up. You meet through some sort of like shared interest group, like tennis club or bird watching or uh, cooking while knitting group on Meetup. Um, you uh, meet people out and about. You meet people at work. <laughs> Someone was like, Where do I meet people? And I was like, If you look around, you will see there are people literally everywhere. All right. Put your phone away. <laughs> Take your yeah, headphones your fo- out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go sit in the park. Maybe delete Instagram off your phone for 24 hours and see what happens. Yeah. Go sit in the park and make eye contact with people. Mm -hmm. Like get used to saying hi to strangers. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, what? No, I don't want to do that. Okay. Well, then get used to being alone. (laughs) Because if you're not going to date online, you're not going to talk to strangers. What the hell are you going to do? There's no other option. Right. Right. So get good at talking to strangers. And I'll just give you my favorite... Let's call it a pickup line, but it's not. It's just an introduction. (laughs) Uh, Hey, what's exciting in your world? Mm. You can use that anywhere with anybody. And you can also use it as a conversation saver. So let's say, you know, me and Kat, I'm like, hey, Kat, how how you doing? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Cool. What's exciting in your world? Oh my gosh. The latest episode <laughs> of The Bachelorette last night was so good. Can we talk Boom. It says, I don't even know about the, the, the latest episode, but I know there was something special about it. And so I like, ask you about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go in any, in, in like a whole bunch of different directions. Mm-hmm. You know, asking someone how they're doing, they're going to say like, fine, I don't know, whatever. How are you? And you're like, good. And then you're at the same place you started yeah. like 20 seconds ago. Right. So... You got to get good at talking to people and asking mm-hmm. somebody what's exciting in your world is like a really easy way. I get I got an upgrade on Delta to business class because I asked the woman what was exciting in her world. And she looked at me like, no one's ever asked me that. And I was oh. like, well, I actually want to know. And she goes, I have five puppies at home. And I was <gasps> like, what? What are their names? And she just started rattling off the names. And we talked about her puppies. She was like, no one has ever like asked me that and then asked me about the puppies. I was like, I don't know. I just... You know, I just want to know how you're doing. Oh, Boom, business class upgrade. Love that. Also, speaking of puppies, I think that having a dog <laughs> makes it really easy to meet people. You're absolutely right. Or go hang out at the dog park. <laughs> I, you're absolutely right. I So recently I was at a park and there were puppies everywhere and I was walking around. I was lapping this park and there was this really cute guy and I was on the phone with my best friend. And she was like, just go say hi to him. 
And I was so nervous. I, I can't say, I don't know. Like, he's going to think I'm so weird. And then she's like, put your big girl pants on. Goes ahead of him. I get off the phone with her. And I go up to this guy. And I go, oh my gosh, your dog is so cute. What kind is it? Boom. Boom. We end up talking for 30 minutes. He got my number. We... We're, he's not the love of my life, but it was such, it was so easy. Yeah. And if he didn't want to talk, you can be like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a schnauzer. Yeah. Bye, I got to go. But <laughs> it was so easy. <laughs> Which is me, by the way. <laughs> That's me with my dog. Like, At first, get okay, get, you get a dog, you will talk to so many people. After a while, it actually becomes annoying. So hard to be so popular when you have a dog. It, it, well, yeah, the dog <laughs> has to be cool. Uh, but so, yeah, that's a great... It's a great suggestion. Yeah, yeah. It's a great suggestion. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so a few more volunteer, questions. Volunteer? Okay, go ahead. Volu- oh, volunteer. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Okay, a few more questions. We have not gone through nearly 1% of the 300 questions we have. <laughs> that's mainly my fault from the beginning. So how to get context when it's basically over text due to distance? So I don't know if you know this. Kat, I'm not... I think you might know this. I don't know. There's a feature on your mobile device that allows you to talk to somebody in real time. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? What is it? Tell me more. It's it's called a telephone. (gasps) What is it? And it's like where you, it's almost like what's happening right now. You and I are having a conversation in real time where I ask you questions and you answer and you ask me questions and I answer and we get context. Mm. Um, We are not having a text conversation. It's true. So I think, and I firmly stand by this, don't have sensitive conversations of a personal nature over text. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. And I know if you're younger, this makes no sense because texting is how you avoid awkwardness. Mm And it's how you prevent yourself from getting hurt. And it's it's a safer medium, but it's also very incomplete. Mm. It, there's no context. Yeah. There's no tone. There's no co-regulation happening. Right. So you you and I are are actually co-regulating our nervous systems as we talk to each other. Mm. It'd be even better if we were in person. Mm-hmm. And then we had eye contact and we can like touch each other's knee. Mm-hmm. We'd be able to calm each other down. Mm-hmm. But over text, you don't have any of that. So you're just left spinning, trying to interpret right. what somebody meant. And it's, it's really hard to mm-hmm. do that. So if you want context, pick up the phone mm-hmm. and call them and have a conversation. Save your emotional conversation. Save your conflict. Save your, uh, your requests for your needs to be met. Until you can do them over the phone. Yeah. Or in person if you can. Right. That's so good. And I think I have to ask, like, where is this person? Why can you only text because of distance? Are they going to Mars? <laughs> can, yeah. I don't understand. And even FaceTime, FaceTime or voice memo. Yeah. At the very least. I mean, I've definitely done that. I've definitely had a voice memo conversation where I'm like, hey, I just want you to hear my tone of voice as I am sharing this, whatever the thing is I'm saying, and let's like, let's follow up tonight when we see each other. But I just want you to hear my tone because, I mean, I think we do that in email too. We assume, I think we assume the worst tone of, 
you're like, hey, how's it, you know, uh, how's it going or whatever. Okay. We assume that mean, person okay? just said, okay, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Or they say more, oh, that person must be really needy. But just to communicate, I, I always say that grownups have important conversations in person. So love that. Yeah. Pick up that or phone. Or over the phone because of COVID. Yep. Yep. FaceTime, all the things. Fa- yeah. FaceTime, I don't know. Is FaceTime easier than, I guess it must be, is just using the phone like the most archaic thing ever? I don't know. I use it all the time. I call people yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, so I had a situation with a guy in the last few weeks. He was, he was a guy friend of mine and I knew I was seeing him later that day. We had hung out the day before and he said something that hurt my feelings. And I wanted to like, like dog ear it and like talk with him about it in person. So I said, Hey, um, last night you, when you said this comment, I just like, it hurt my feelings and I would love to talk with you about it today when we're together. Perfect. And that was that. Yeah. Maybe I could have just waited until we were in person, but I did it that way. And I don't know. That sounds fine to me. Yeah. Good. It's also texting is really good for like logistics. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm on my way. Cool. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you don't need to call everybody for everything. Right. I, I text a lot. I just don't text anything that's like potentially sensitive right. or, or might be hurtful or is hard to say. I like try to say that in person. Yeah, that's so good. It's a very good, a very good principle. All right. Mm-hmm. This is a fun one. I like masturbation, but I'm worried I'm not going to like sex when I, I feel get like married. what? Okay. So I'm sorry. I cut you off there. I, I, I want to give the que- the question the full credit that it deserves. Do you mind reading it sure. again? I like masturbation, but I'm worried I'm not going to like sex when I'm married or when I get married. Funnily enough, I looked at this whole list mm-hmm. and these six questions are the questions that I looked at. Really? It's the weirdest thing. Oh my like, gosh, I, I we're mean, on the it, same it, wavelength. It, it, it's 300, it's like 300 questions long. It's really, mm-hmm. I'm, so uh, I like masturbation. I'm not sure if I'm going to like sex. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, don't worry about whether you're going to like sex or not. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy masturbation now. Yeah. And worry about sex later. Mm-hmm. But I think what's being asked is that I'm worried that I'm not going to have a partner that I like to have sex with. Mm. And I, I, maybe I'm, I'm guessing or uh, what's the word? Assuming mm-hmm. that this is the kind of person that's going to wait to have sex with their partner until after marriage. So there's no, there's no like test drive. Mm. So I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Like what, what would you say? So I have, I did a two part masturbation series on my podcast this summer and part one, part two. And the, the series is called is masturbation a sin. Mm -hmm. And I think so, I think so much of where that question is coming, I hear shame, I hear expectation, as, as I think men and women in the church have experienced shame over anything in regards to their body, sexual desire, sexuality. And I think even more so women have. And mm-hmm. I think we were given scripts like uh, pleasure is bad and our bodies are bad or I should only, ex- if, if I experience pleasure, it should only be within the context of marriage. And I just think, like all things, this is a layered and nuanced conversation. Hmm. And here, will, here's what I will say about this specific question. Here's a couple of reasons why I think masturbation can be very positive outside of marriage, inside of marriage, in relationship, outside of relationship. One of the 
keys to having a um, a positive sexual encounter is to be able to give informed and enthusiastic consent. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that I can give informed and enthusiastic consent about, ooh, I like this, I don't like this, this feels good, this doesn't feel good, ooh, maybe try it here, is if I have spent time getting to know my body mm-hmm. and getting to know, oh, this feels good when I do this. Oh, actually, this doesn't work for me. So I think the question of, oh my gosh, like if I masturbate, will I be able to have good sex? I think actually, yeah, I think that could really set you up for some really positive sexual encounters um, with your partner. I also think what can be really powerful and beautiful about masturbation is I think that almost, you know, back to the... um, back to the flight attendant, put your oxygen mask on first before you put on someone else's. There's this principle in scripture that says, love your neighbor as yourself. And Mm. what's implicit in that statement is that in order to give love to someone else externally, I have to first love myself. So I can't, the idea being in both scenarios, flight attendant or Jesus, I can't give what I don't have. And so I think what what comes up for me in that in regards to the conversation about masturbation is if I think my body's gross, if Mm. I think my sexual desire is gross, if I think it's sinful, if I think pleasure is wrong, and and if I have this belief, which is a very limiting belief, that marriage is the antidote to those problems, Mm. I think... uh, as many, many, many millions of people I've experienced, like that, that doesn't work. And so I wonder if part of learning how to accept and love and honor my partner's desire and sexuality and even genitals, like if I'm like, my vagina, that's disgusting. Like <laughs> if I'm not, if I don't first accept myself and my body and my desire, then I don't know that I will fully be able to accept someone else's. Now, I'm not saying that in order to have a good sex life or in order to have a pleasurable sex life, you have to like be an expert masturbator. I'm not saying that at all. I just no. think that there's um, there's some like really beautiful opportunities in getting to know your body. Wow. That was fantastic. <laughs> that was so, so good. Uh, yeah. Body acceptance uh acceptance that you're a sexual being that's mm. so beautiful and is really going to contribute to your you know sexual fulfillment as as an individual but then mm. also bring that bringing that to a relationship is going to is going to be very very powerful i want to add mm. two things yeah add away um one of them is you know you were talking about enthusiastic uh consent mm. and also you were talking a little bit about you know how to tell someone what you like mm. right that can be hard if you're not used to talking about sex. Mm. So my suggestion is get <laughs> get talking. Yes. <laughs> Start talking about sex with the person that you are having sex or want to be having sex with mm-hmm. about sex early in the relationship so that it becomes a natural part of your relationship. Mm. Because telling someone like, oh, I don't really like it when you do that is so hard. I have yeah. a lot of practice talking about sex. 
a lot. And this came up a few days ago and it was still kind of hard for me. Yeah. Okay. So like, I just want to recognize, I mean, I was able to laugh it off, but I, I want to recognize how hard it is mm. to have conversations about sex, especially when we're talking about like giving direction and also mm-hmm. telling somebody that they're doing something that doesn't feel that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get used to it. And the more you do it, the better you will get at it. I promise you. Yeah. I promise you. Yeah. So that's number one. And if you're in a relationship and you haven't been talking about sex, uh, it's never too late to start. Mm. So just like set up a time and say, hey, I just realized that there's something that's like really important to me that we haven't really been talking about. I'd love to spend some time with you this weekend to just talk about our sexuality. Mm. It's not a bad thing. It's totally a good thing. I love you. That's what I want to do this weekend. Are you into it? So that's one thing. The other thing is you touched on this concept that is pretty fringy, but I think I would love to make more mainstream. Mm -hmm. You you said something along the lines of like, concentrate on your own pleasure, Mm -hmm. right? And there's a book by uh, Diana Richardson called Slow Sex. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book. I actually recommend it to everybody. Um, there's a concept in this book that my partner and I find mind-blowing, mm-hmm. mind, literally mind-blowing, which is that when you're having sex with somebody, you don't have to focus on their pleasure at all. Mm. If you are 100% focused, 100% focused on your pleasure and they are 100% focused on their pleasure, then you can't go wrong. That's so interesting. And so... It, how okay? Can you ex- explain that a little bit more? Because <laughs> so I'll, what I'll what I'll say in response to that is my friend Dr. Celeste Holbrook. She's been on the podcast before. I love her. She's a Christian sexologist. She says the only person that's responsible for your pleasure is you. That's right. So when you're in an encounter and an experience with another person, I feel like I also want to. I want this experience to be pleasurable for them as well. Sure. So can you unpack that a little bit more to me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the concept. It's like, okay, so let's say, let's just hypothetically, Kat, you and I are in a relationship, okay? Okay, babe. And, uh, can we, yeah, thanks, babe. So my job is to just do what feels good to me and to be mm. vocal about that and to be into like have the courage to ask for what I want and what feels good. And yours is to do that for you. Ah. <laughs> and yes. so all we're doing is finding the middle point where everything that we do feels good to both of us or we're having conversations about, I would really like that. I think it would be, feel really great for me. And I'm like, cool, I love pleasing you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that doesn't displease me. Mm. So I'm super happy to do that because it makes you happy and that makes me happy. Mm. So what we're doing is we're finding this, this uh, you know, the Venn diagram, right? Things I like, things Cat likes, and then the things in the middle. But it, it gets a little wider than that because some of the things that you like, I don't dislike. Mm. So I'm happy to do them because they bring you pleasure. Mm-hmm. But none of this is possible without communication. Yes. <laughs> none of it. Not like just forget this concept. If right. you're not willing to talk about it, you're not going to get there. Right. Well, and so even, so I feel like when you first say that, when you first say, you know, focus on your own pleasure, I feel like part of the, you know, religious conditioning background narratives come back up for me of like, oh, but like, we're supposed to think of others. We're supposed to, you know, put others' needs before ourselves. And that was like first what came to my mind when you started talking. And so I'm like, okay, 
I'm realizing this is coming up for me. But as you're saying that, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Because you're in this experience where, first of all, you have to feel very secure and safe in a relationship to be able to say, I want this. Can you do this? This feels good. This doesn't feel good. What do you want? And for, for you guys both to be able to go back and forth and communicate that, first of all, how intimate. Like that alone is like, that's like such a naked experience. Yeah. It's very, very intimate, very vulnerable. Wow. That's really powerful. Okay. I'm going to read that book. That makes for better sex, by the way, in my experience. Yeah. The the heart is, and the older I get, the more I realize this is connected to the genitals for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And so the more you can open up your heart, the more you can, um, you know, take the bricks down, right? The, Mm -hmm. the armor, and, and show someone who's safe to show yeah. uh, your internal landscape, your emotional landscape, your heart, your desires, your stories, your traumas. That stuff brings more closeness. And mm-hmm. closeness is another way to say intimacy. brings mm-hmm. more intimacy. And intimacy is connected throughout the body. Mm-hmm. You know, emotional intimacy, intellectual, sexual, spiritual intimacy. Yeah. The, the more points of contact with those different types of intimacy, the more fulfilling the relationship is going to be. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And even as you say, as you're saying that, I was looking back over all of these questions and I think we've only gotten through 10 and we're going to have to, it's a lot. We did it. We really did this. We did it. We did it. We did this. So what I'm seeing through a lot of these questions, I feel like the common thread is communication. Why do Mm -hmm. men ghost? What, well, if we just, if we had the courage to communicate, then there would be less ghosting, obviously. Finances and relationships. When do we communicate about that? How I know if it's the right person at the wrong time? Communicating your no and believing them. Like all of this is about communication. And it's so interesting that the culmination of this, this question that we're talking about, masturbation and sex, which was totally unplanned that it would kind of culminate this way or be the climax... Climax. Nice, nice. <laughs> you got it. I get it. I got it. Yeah. Okay, great. Pun intended. Um, is and it's like in order to have this like intimate sexual experience, you have to have communication. And so even I feel like there's not a lot of places in our culture where we can practice consent outside of the bedroom, or at least I think maybe perhaps that's the limiting belief. Cause as I'm looking through these conversations, I'm like fine-tuning our communication skills and being able to own, I like you, I'm going to ask you out. That's me strengthening the muscle of consent, even even pleasure within me. It pleases me to have clarity. I'm allowed to experience clarity. I'm allowed to experience pleasure. I'm allowed to communicate what I want. I'm allowed to vocalize to the person I like that I like this, but I don't like that. And so all of this is strengthening that muscle. Experts don't guess. Oh, that's good. The <laughs> I'll, end. Just leave, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Well, Sean, this has been so much fun. Do you have... Okay, I know we missed like three gazillion questions. Uh, Do you have any final thought that you want to share? I think we, we got there. Just talk about it. <laughs> don't don't about be, it. you know... Don't be shy. Be shy. Do it shy. Do it scared. Whatever it is, do it scared. We're not talking about removing fear. Courage is like doing the thing while scared. Mm-hmm. Just do the thing. Ask the person. Get clarity. 
hashtag talk about it. Yes. And you will know. You will get more information when you ask for the thing that you want. So good. So good. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. It was a All pleasure. Right. Talk to you. Oh, wait. No. How yeah. can people find you? <laughs> like, okay, this is great. Bye. <laughs> The Love Drive on Instagram, on TikTok, on the internet. Just Google The Love Drive and you'll you'll get to me. Um, I've got a bunch of courses. I've, my most popular course is, you guessed it, Healthy Communication Tools for All Relationships. Hey, uh, where I teach people how to ask for anything, how to say no with love, um, and how to just... I give people a lot of scripts on a lot of different situations. Oh, that's awesome. And they can yep. just get that at your website. Yep. Yeah, awesome. just the love, the lovedrive.com. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Well, talk to you soon. Maybe one day we shall meet in person. But I would until be then, I will be on your TikTok page. Like, it's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You will get more information when you ask for what you want. Sean G. Y'all, what an incredible conversation. I just appreciated. I appreciate Sean's heart. I appreciate how kind he is and how he approaches these questions. And I'm just a total fan, if you weren't able to tell by now. So please follow along with him. His website is thelovedrive.com. He has a ton of incredible courses from everything from communication to confidence to loving your body to dating. He has a lot of options. Check that out, thelovedrive.com. His Instagram is thelovedrive. That is his TikTok as well. And if you loved this podcast, would you mind doing me a favor? Head on over to iTunes. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Refined Collective podcast. And if you could leave us a rating and written review, I would be oh so grateful. And finally, I just want to take a quick minute and say thank you so much to my Patreon community. Part of how I'm able to do this podcast is by people like you financially supporting the Refined Collective podcast for as little as $5 a month. And we have some new Patreon members that came to our community this last month, and I just want to give them a special shout out. So thank you to Lindsay B, Aline V, Morgan G, Valerie H, Laura C, Danielle N, Jen W, Daniela R, Hunter T, Jessica H, Leanne R, and Mallory C. Thank you, thank you, thank you for believing in the mission and message of the Refined Collective Podcast and helping to make it a reality. I'm so grateful. 